Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. I'm not hearing anything. It started and then it quit. Well, uh, welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. We're having some technical difficulties again, or still, I'm not sure which. And if you can hear me, uh, I'd ask you if you'd quickly send me a text to let me know that we're on, because on our end, it all just shut down. So I'm not sure what's happening. And our project is that of understanding and spreading the concept of first century Aramaic forgiveness to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And that process is one where one goes inside, learns to remove what never belonged in the mind, anything that's unlike a human life, we're here to support you in learning to remove it. In the ancient Aramaic language, the word forgive meant removal. If you've ever held a newborn child, you know exactly what a human life is. It is this awesome presence of love. And when we come into the world as love, the world starts to put its thumbprints on us. And forgiveness is about hammering out and getting rid of the thumbprint so that once again we can perceive through and function out of this awesome presence of love that we are designed to function as. And aside from that, I understand that Jeannie is not able to get on the uh, the switchboard or the uh, the into the chat room, so I'm not sure exactly what's happening. I haven't gotten a. Uh... Can you hear me, all right, Jeannie? Oh, cool. Okay. Well, then we're operational. And so. Forgiveness, the technology, if you haven't accessed it as yet, then we invite you to go to our website, www.whyagain.com, and if you click on the bullseye in the middle of the page, that bullseye will lead you right to a whole series of links on how to engage in 
the first century Aramaic process of forgiveness. Removal of every fear, sadness, grief, rage, pain, trauma or trauma that you've ever encountered, whether that energy you encountered came from the outside or whether that energy you encountered came from the inside. When you recognize that we have our whole genetic history within us, and if that genetic history includes things like hostility and fear, then we have receptors for hostility and fear, and those things tend to develop in us in a way that they so embed themselves in our perceptual mind that they really do look like they're from the outside. And the truth is, everything that your mind sees is a product of what's happening inside of you. We've been taught that we have a pair of windows that we look out into the world and we see what's happening out there. But in fact, that's a lie. We construct what it is that we're looking at and we construct it from a combination of what's going on within us and what's happening from outside. The energies received trigger things, and the, for most people, the perceptual world they see is probably 95% based on what's going on on the inside, especially when there's pain or turmoil or trauma. The pain or turmoil or trauma is not contained in the outer world, what is contained in the outer world is an unknown reality. When we start to work through the things that we inject into, you know, perception is an injector. What we hold in our minds injects what doesn't belong. And so forgiveness is how to remove it so that your perception becomes clear. And as your perception becomes clear, all things move forward and Life becomes a whole lot more of a an interesting process rather than a chore to be waded through as so many people perceive it. So that's our work together, and we're here for support. We're here to answer questions. We're here to develop the technology to understand its application in our own lives. Dr. Tim, are you there with us, sir? He is. I've got us both on now. Oh, awesome. Uh, Good. Cool. I am here. Awesome. What's exciting in your world today, sir? Well, just uh, uh, once again, just working with people, teaching them these tools, and thoroughly enjoying the results. Um, I just finished a session with somebody who's really experiencing at new levels the idea that he can initiate mind energy and frame goals and then watch as the day unfolds and if he experiences something going differently than what he had planned he just steps back and and says okay i guess my ability to see where the day is going isn't quite as broad or deep or powerful as the other forces in creation so i'm just going to step back and see how this unfolds so he actively has been using the goal framing process and watching fabulous things happen. And then when it doesn't go the way he wanted, he's stepping into the second step and saying, okay, uh, somehow, some way, this is going to work out into something even far better than I had planned. Let me sit back and relax into it. 
and he came in today to give a testimonial about how well that's working for him. So, so that's what's new in my world. I'm thoroughly enjoying applying that process myself and teaching it to others. I hear you loud and clear. I'm I'm right there with you. It's the most amazing, amazing process to uh, to engage in and to watch people when they they start to see how it really works. It's just the most amazing thing. And and I'm looking forward to another support group tonight. Um, we had a a very lovely and powerful group on. Tuesday, and it's my blessing to be able to have two of these groups each week to look forward to. So, so that's what I have to offer today. Just enjoying being able to support people and teaching some of the most effective tools I've learned in 41 years of doing therapy. Awesome, awesome. Well, we certainly appreciate you having us, having you on our team. You certainly make. Uh, make our lives easier with all the support that you are and how often on a minute's notice you jump on the show and you just jump in and handle it. And your wisdom is honored and appreciated. And I look forward to what happens in the next quarter of a century of taking this to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. I'm looking forward to that as well. exciting. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. So, Jeannie, do we have anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? or anybody with a comment in the chat room that we should be aware of? Everybody in the chat room is, is guests, and so they can't talk, and nobody has their hand up. So if somebody presses one, you're first in line without waiting. So our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't see you, our call-in number is 646-200-4169. We'd be delighted if you're on there and you have a question for us. Just push one. And that puts a little hand up in the phone panel, or the control panel, and Jeannie can tell that you want to talk we to have, us, and she'll introduce you. We have a hand up. Very good. Oh, cool. Let's say hello. Area code 765, you're on the air. Hi there. This is Sunny. Hey, we're back to continue the conversation. Awesome. <laughs> um, actually, um, yes, and I've got to leave a little bit early today. I, I um had to pick her up from school to go to the endocrinologist. And mm. um, so we're in prayer that uh, their solution is not more insulin. I'm going to ask them for 30 days. And I'm just asking everyone to join us in the faith and surround us in the space of love that they are going to give her at least 30 days to, um, to pull through this and uh, not make any drug-related changes with her, unless it's to take away more of the drugs. So, well, we'll hold the space I, for sure, and, you know, if we can get her doing some worksheets around grief and loss and yes, yes, bringing, um, bringing more of that active presence of love of who she is into her physiology, that will make the biggest difference of anything. Yeah, we started doing some of it yesterday. I... I, I through her sedation, she does hear me. You know, she's kind of struggling right now a little bit. And um, I think it's, I can't thank you enough because they're keeping me strong for her and helping me keep myself strong. And and it's, uh, yes, I cannot thank you enough. Um, well, you know, very, I can't, very I can't imagine. 
Good. We've got a bit of an overlap there. I can't imagine at her age with what she's going through and the the challenges just keeping perception on track with the things going on with the pancreas and diabetes. I can't imagine the, how um, intimidating uh, the world might feel and how much fear the world might bring up for her. That's That's got to be pretty intense. So it's cool that you're there to and you've done the work that you've done to be able to hold the space for her. I I'm just I couldn't have done it without all of you and without you, Michael. God bless you. I'm no, just we're so grateful. To be on the team. We're just we're just doing our job. We're <laughs> honored and delighted to do it. You know, it's just uh, it's an awesome gift to give You're myself to do what I'm doing. <laughs> truly, masters at your craft. I I cannot thank you enough. So, um, but yes, God bless you. And to anyone listening, um, going after these worksheets and conquering your generations, um, yeah, um, just really healing through through all of the pain, all the sorrow. Um, you know, like we said, we we didn't. No one can understand how she could have been given this diagnosis, and we don't relate to it. And uh, I don't. I've never believed thanks to you and this work, that it is hers and that it belongs to her and that it is, in fact, something she can heal through. And it is down to her choices largely at this point, Michael. So um, if uh, you get a strange phone call at some point, it's a sweet little girl on the end of the phone, I, I may at some point offer her your number to where when she's ready, she can do it herself, however she has to go about this. You know, and one of the things to be aware of is to maintain a balance because yeah. um, this this message of responsibility can turn into one of a perception of, oh, this is my fault, there's something wrong with me, I'm failing at right. this. So you want to be right. careful in the message you're delivering of responsibility doesn't mean blame, fault, guilt, failure. It simply means there's a part of me that's involved in everything happening in my life and in my body. And if I keep chipping away at it, I can free myself from it. So just just be aware that it can turn the other way and that and it can become an experience in someone's mind of, oh, this is all my fault and there's something defective or something wrong with me. So just be aware that you keep, you know, in the ancient Aramaic, the word humility is a mental word that means... It's a mental ability of being able to look for, cooperate, and support only the highest and best in another. So as as you, out of your true being love, can connect with her true being love and strengthen that in her, it literally pulls her being, her active presence of love into her physiology, and that's going to bring huge amounts of healing to her cells. And at the same time, that she can see that, okay, so there's a piece of me that you know, wants to go into victimhood or wants to go into grief or wants to go into rage and and that's inside of me and I can chip away. It's not that I'm to blame for the fact that's there. I'm the inheritor of a thousand generations and who knows where it all came from. But to just create the space where you keep seeing out of your being eyes the being she is, strengthening that and drawing that into her physiology as you support her learning how to chip away and remove, forgive 
the things that don't belong. There's the that's the challenge. Yeah, and that's where you know how you say about our children are just like you know our little us looking in a, you know little reproductions of ourselves in Dolby Sound. The unconscious mind, hanging out in true living color and Dolby sound. That's one of my favorite tongue-in-cheek lines when people get that. It's like, yeah, that's what kids are. And, and of course, why is that? Because they're made of the same energetic patterns, the same frequencies we are, and they're not wired with a stop button. Yeah, and interestingly, you use that expression. Um, I don't know how else to put this, except for, I mean, I just tell her you're such a little trooper, but honey... You know, a minute for you. Um, this child will press on, and I, I'm concerned for that as an observation of how, um, no matter how bad she feels, she will push herself and just keep going to accomplish her quote-unquote goals and and so on. And um, there's just a lot of work in softening her and, and make you know what I'm saying, working with her to to just there's just little things that I just I do see them coming into place. So I do. Just, well uh, another important piece of the puzzle, you know, we live in a culture that tends to push us really hard. You have to do this, you have to do that. You're a human yeah. being, you have no value if you don't do everything you're supposed to do. And there's balance for that too, because I think one of the things that's missing for a lot of people in their own self-healing process, is just giving themselves the time to undo what needs to be undone and restructure it and and to let go of the doingness and the busyness long enough to let that happen and to take care of herself. So, so again, finding a balance of, between, you know, being able to cancel the goal that drives one to behaviors when what one really needs to do is lay down, rest, feed themselves properly, breathe, and take care of themselves. So, again, it, it becomes you, a balance. God bless you, Michael. I'm going to switch off of our my topic and just offer to anybody listening, that is the key with anyone who is in crises, like with these cancer battles and so on. For myself, when I was going through my worst of times, letting go and doing exactly that was perhaps the hardest challenge of all. It was worse than all the pain yes. and all of any other part of it was learning, coming into the acceptance of just letting go, you know, and and letting that happen and being gentle with yourself and resting, as you say, yes. That's bigger than you might think. Taking apart the things that need to be forgiven energetically takes a huge amount of energy, and restructuring takes a huge amount of energy, and sometimes it's appropriate to just lay down and let that energy process happen rather than be driven. You know, there are three basic places one can live from, and one of those places is a a place of control where the outer world says jump and somebody says how high, and it doesn't matter how illogical, irrational, or stupid the request is, a person who's driven, when, especially when authority says, and of course many people have been taught you don't question authority, excuse me, Mr. Authority, Mrs. Authority, that requirement of me doesn't make sense. The person who's driven can't say that. They just have to, they're, they're driven by that or controlled by that and they they have to jump. And so yeah, the skill is to learn to stop jumping and give oneself the space 
The second place is driven, and that is from the internal part, that there's so many goals internally that drive one's behavior. And either the controlled life or the driven life are replicate lives, meaning that the mind is just replicating whatever's in there. The third place to live from, which is ultimately the goal, is to get to the point where we live an inspired life, where we reach to a higher realm, the state of being, and we are inspired, we are uplifted by the energy of what it is that comes next in our lives and empowered by doing it rather than controlled and driven by the dynamics of the outer world or the dynamics of the inner world all from the past. And so it's a... Another shift, another learning process to move to that place, and uh, and to when one is undoing one set of dynamics and redoing the higher set, gotta take time to take care of yourself and rest. Yes. Yep. Most definitely. Cool. All right. Well, anything else we can do to support you today? Just holding us in that. Just. Oh, without words, that space of love and protection right now. Yes, I thank you very, very much. God bless you. Well, give your daughter a hug for us and tell her we just got her right here, right in our hearts and holding that space. Oh, 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 yes, I sure will give her a hug for you, Michael. And today is our one-year anniversary of her living with her mommy. Awesome. Congratulations, Bob. Yes, thank you. And I, I appreciate how... Um, how over the last couple of years as we've been interacting and working together, how much gentler you've become with yourself and the world around you. If You've done some really nice work in that regard. Thank you. That was part of what we just spoke of, of the resting and letting go and allowing myself to heal and yeah. getting over myself. Cool. And yes. So All right. You, you have a blessed day. <laughs> God bless you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So our call-in number, once again, is 646-200-4169. We just finished harvesting this awesome tray of sunflower sprouts. And our lunch today is going to be this, this fabulous sprout salad. These sunny greens are just amazing. Buttery taste. They're just fabulous. So... We're looking forward to that lunch, and we'll have a, a, a bite on a, on that live vital energy for you. And uh, Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room to be aware of, or anybody with a phone up, a, a phone up, a hand up, and a phone cue, a phone up in the hand cue. Hey, what do you know? What do you say? <laughs> no, there's um, actually everyone just dropped on the chat room, and so I rebooted it just to make sure that it wasn't something with Blog Talk again. So I'm not sure if. People weren't able to hear or whatever, but the chat room's totally empty now. Uh, no one has their hand up on the switchboard. So, oh, a hand just went up. Area code 901, oh, you're hello. on the air. Hi there, this is Rhonda. In hey, Memphis. young lady, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have, in doing my Mind Gold Management worksheet, at the bottom of it, it says I will, and I'm not quoting this, uh, exactly, but it talks about um, setting your goals with enthusiasm, and then right. the next one is visualizing with emotion. And mm-hmm. so these two 
I guess, emotions which I'm finding are uh, less than spontaneous to attaching to my goals. And if you could address the difference between setting the goal with enthusiasm and visualizing the goal with emotion. Because emotion uh, doesn't seem to carry emotion, (laughs) if you get what I mean. So if you could uh, maybe enlighten us on the difference between those two and exactly how you... um, apply it to the goals that have been set. Okay, cool. So then my my take in that regard would be, and I think you've got all the DVDs, and if you want to watch the um, the Getting the Stress You Need video, right. one of the things we go through there is the physiological effects of emotional suppression and okay. what that does to the endocrine system. And, and we all start out the same in this connected space of love and if you look back at the ancient scriptures they tell us that the creator is love it's our source it's our starting point and if you look at that word in theos it means in God in love so we all start out in exactly the same place I mean you watch the two year old the three year old child and they can be an enthusiasm about painting on the wall with what's in their diaper until somebody comes along and dampens that enthusiasm, you know, gives that enthusiasm a bop on the head, as we've talked about previously, and shuts down that enthusiasm. And, and and I think one of the reasons why a lot of adults do that is because the child who is empowered and living in that presence of love exudes an energy field that touches that place in everyone around them. And if one has a lot of pain that has shut that down in them, For that love to start to move, that pain has to start to surface and move out of the way. And so I think a lot of times the adult shuts down the enthusiasm of the child because the the adult can't handle the energy boost that comes with the presence of that kind of aliveness and what they have to face in themselves to step to that kind of aliveness. So it's really getting back to... And, and, you know, I would I would suggest you've, you've done the love exchange uh, uh, tool that we teach, that you, as you're doing the mind goal management sheet, you do a love exchange literally with the sheet and with the situation that you're working on. So you set that place, that, cool. that goal, out of a space of love and connectedness. And, you know, if you think about the way the small child who lives in enthusiasm comes back, they're excited and delighted and have new eyes for everything. So that would be what I would suggest cultivating. Okay, good. Uh, in terms of setting it with enthusiasm. And then forgiving whatever gets in the way of that. Then right. the setting it, setting it with emotion is that, you know, if I, for instance, am going to let's say, create a new video, which we just did some of. For me, when I connect with the goal that I'm going to do that, what I always see from, as, as the worksheet says, see the end from the beginning, what I always see is the end result of people being able to enjoy and benefit and heal from seeing what they see. So, 
for me, when I set that goal, I would set it with the emotion of, yes, this is going to touch people's lives. This is exciting. And that excitement, when I connect to it, ups the motivation of my mind to keep on track with the achievement of that goal where other goals might get in the way, other energies might get in the way. So it's always about seeing the end from the beginning. You know, a lot of people look at, well, gee, you know, I have to go to work and I have to do this job and it's so much work and it's like drudgery and and I don't want to do this. Whereas, and, and that just, you know, pretty much shatters the motivation of the mind. Right. But for the person who, okay, I'm I'm working toward my purpose, I'm not doing it right now, but this job that I'm doing is giving me income and that empowers me to, let's say, go and study what I want to study and do what I really want to do, then, you know, seeing that paycheck at the end of the week, seeing the end from the beginning might be seeing that paycheck going into the educational process I'm going to engage in and empower me to create this awesome result that I want to create. So now my mind is hooked to enthusiasm and excitement about going out and doing a job that I don't particularly want to do. But because it's part of my, I choose to do it, and I see that the end result, rather than looking at the slime and the work I need to do, the end result is I get to to live the life that I choose to live. It isn't about me doing this job or doing this work or this paycheck. It's about what I'm creating in my world. I remember one year we had a, a bus that was picking people up at the airport, and the busload of about 20 people arrived at Heartland, and the septic system that afternoon, one of our buildings had backed up, and there was nobody here to take care of it. And my purpose is, to, and my vision is, to have the space ready and rock and roll for intensives. So I'm down there literally up to my armpit in the septic pipe as the bus arrives and everybody gets off the bus. And, you know, the people that are staying in that building are walking over and it's like, this is our teacher. <laughs> But with enthusiasm, I can go in, and with excitement, I can go in and fix the septic system because I know that the end result is we're going to have a space that really works for the intensive, and there's going to be a huge amount of healing happen. So it's it's about what you hook your mind to consciously, purposely, rather than perhaps the way the world has uh, taught us to focus. So, Does that make sense? When I'm moving, okay, because first we set the intentions in the evening before and then uh, set the goals in the morning. So my understanding of what you're saying, my I guess in the vernacular that I would use is that even though my goal might not trigger that emotion, if I focus on the long-term intention, as you said, the purpose, then Result. that will give me, um, rather than trying to focus on necessarily getting the emotion on the goal, is the purpose uh, and the long-term intention. Which exactly, exactly. Again, that line at the top where you're framing the goals, see the end from the beginning. It's right. all based on what's the end result I'm going to create not what's the work going to be in order to bring it about. Uh-huh. People who who focus on the work to bring it about tend to go, oh, man, this is a drag. It's like I can't be bothered. It's like, you know, 
okay, I'll go to work because I need the paycheck, uh, you know, as opposed to, well, you know, I, I took this extra job so that I could do this great uh, cruise that I want to do. And so I'm going to do that for three months. Every evening I'm going to do this extra three hours work four days a week. And and now I visualize myself enjoying this, you know, Caribbean cruise. So I'm going to work to produce a Caribbean cruise. I'm not going to work to do you know, the paperwork or whatever it is that I'm going to be doing mechanically to earn the money, I'm creating a Caribbean cruise. And when I hook my mind to what I'm creating, then I see the end from the beginning, and I'm motivated by that end. My mind is inspired and motivated by that end as opposed to looking at, oh, look at how much work it's going to be. Yeah, so seeing it... um the beginning from the end would be the end of the purpose, not necessarily the end of the goal. Is what you're right. Well, it's seeing it's seeing the end from the beginning. So from the first moment, when I'm going to frame a goal, I'm going to look at what's the result I'm looking to produce, and okay. is this on purpose? And I I see myself enjoying that result. And that becomes the motivator and the thing that keeps me tapped into enthusiasm and that connection. Okay, cool. That will be good. I like the uh, your suggestion on doing the love um, exchange with the mind goal management sheet. That in uh, theos, in love. That's it. Yes, that will be that will be interesting to see how that works. And I had something else pop into my mind, but it popped out. It popped out, so I'm not quite sure what my next question might be. If I, I will call back if it comes back to the surface. All right, dear heart, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. You take care. Bye bye. Okay. Love and blessings. Take care. Bye bye. We have a Skype caller. Oh, great! Let's say hello to our Skype caller. Hello. Hi. Hey, give us a name. Where are you you? calling from? I am calling from New York City. Oh, awesome. And your name is? Uh, My name is Tawana. Tawana, welcome. Hello. I'm here. I can hear you loud and clear. Tawana, glad you're here. Hello. I think we can hear you. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on, let me just take you off. Okay. Off speaker. Can you hear me now? There you go. We've got you. You're loud and clear, Tawana. Welcome. Hello. Tawana, we can hear you. You're loud and clear, Tawana. We can hear you. My phone. Okay. Are you able to hear me now? Got you. Get better now? Yes. You're okay, loud and clear. Okay, how are you today? We're good. We're good. I how can we support help. you today? Okay, I hope you can. I have a question in regards to health. Um, right now, I've been experiencing a very uh, been experiencing a very bad sinus infection. So I went to the Ouch. doctor uh, yesterday, and they gave me some antibiotics. Okay, so it's supposed to clear up in ten business days. So they tell me if it doesn't clear up in 10 business days, that they would need to perform um, an x-ray. Do you see that happening? 
Well, you know, uh, I think you might be tapping into, there's a, um, a lady named Carol who does another show on the network where she kind of does psychic type things. That's not where we're at, but oh, I can, okay. I can right. offer a couple of, I can offer, offer a couple of uh, suggestions perhaps that might be helpful. One of the okay. things is that if you go to the drugstore, there's a product called Alcohol. It's very much like the word alcohol, only it ends in LOL. And it's a sinus rinse that's very effective at cleaning the sinuses out. And if there's, okay. you know, kind of impacted material in the sinuses, that creates a perfect food supply for something to grow. And so just going in and killing off, you know, anti-bio means anti-life, just going in and killing off what's growing there because there's a food supply isn't necessarily going to take care of the problem. So you might want to get something like that alcohol problem and and get rid of it. And also, also, if you do a little bit of research uh, on the Internet, you'll find that there are some sinus probiotics. There are supposed to be organisms in every part of the body, uh, and they're urgent to life, and without them, the body can't function properly. And so if we go in with an antibiotic and kill off everything that's supposed to be there, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, there's more and more conversation about these superbugs. You know, when they go in to kill something off, it doesn't kill them all, and some of them adapt to the antibiotic, and it strengthens them, and they become superbugs. But then, of course, the the profession that thinks in terms of war on bugs thinks, well, we just need a stronger, a more powerful antibiotic. But the same profession at at the same time is also saying, boy, we've got a real problem here because these antibiotics are producing these superbugs. And and the thinking, you know, the the insane thinking of that mind is, well, we just need more and stronger and better antibiotics, which, of course, just means we're going to get a a stronger superbug. What we need is to take care of the health of the tissue. And so you might want to look at probiotics that will support you having the organisms in your sinuses that are needed there. And there are some manufacturers who specifically make things for the sinuses and for the mouth, actually. And so that might be helpful in uh, in getting to uh, to clear that out of your body. Uh I'm sorry? I didn't hear your last statement. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm taking something right now for the um, sinuses. I'm saying I just mm-hmm. started taking the medication yesterday, okay? So it's, they mm-hmm. say it's supposed to clear up in 10 business days. And also I'm taking a nasal uh, a nasal solution. Mm-hmm. So, But you're saying that I should try something other besides what I've been prescribed to try something else at the same time too. Well, not not necessarily. I'm just saying there are a couple of products out there that I know or that are useful. That are really good. Okay, all right. If you're... If you're already using something to clean the sinuses, that might be all you need. I just know that there's a product out there called Alcohol. It's like the word alcohol, as they say, only it ends in LOL. And that's really uh-huh. good at breaking up sinus deposits and cleaning it out. That might just okay. be helpful in getting that cleaned out. So, you know, there's there's an old saying in the uh, in the bacteria and viral department, and it says, if you feed them, they will come. If there's I see that, yes. going on... There are decay organisms that will feed off of that. And so the number one 
line of defense isn't killing off what's growing. The number one line of defense is to think about how do I strengthen, empower the tissue exactly, to be healthy yes. and okay. clean out the food supply that doesn't belong there. So there may okay. be a couple of things you can do. All right. All right. So they're giving awesome. me about In the meantime, we hold the space for your sinuses. <laughs> I, th- I thank you. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Blessings. Bye-bye. All right, Tawana, thank you for your call. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room for us to be aware of? Is it back up yet? Is it... Uh, are we still uh, having yes, some challenges? I was talking to Carol yesterday, and she was telling me that uh, there's some changes going on in the way Blog Talk is doing everything, so it's kind of stirring things up at this moment. Yeah, there's uh, several people in the chat room now, and um, it seems to be working. So, But we don't have anybody with cool. their hand up, and there's no questions. So 646-200-4169 and press 1. We have 17 minutes, so we've got time for a good discussion. Yes. Yay, let's go for it. In the meantime, too, uh, I've been working with uh, Susan Giles, and thank you very much. She's uh, got the section up that I need, so I'm working. As soon as the radio show's over, I'm going to be starting on the members section. So keep an eye out for that on their website to... uh, It'll be something new, so you might want to uh, talk about it just a little bit. We're not real sure how all that's going to look, but it's a step forward. Yes, things moving forward. And I was just looking at a post that you uh, you put on uh, Facebook, Jeannie, about Mahatma Gandhi. And uh, this post talks about how Mahatma Gandhi walked barefoot most of the time he had calluses on his feet, having walked all those miles in, in resistance to the uh, the occupation by the British. And it said he ate very little, which made him rather frail. And with his odd diet, he had you know kind of bad breath. And so uh, this made him a super calloused, fragile mystic with hexed by halitosis. Mm. I can't hear anybody laughing. I can't hear anybody laughing. Anyway, I thought it was cute. Bless his heart, he made such such amazing contributions to the world. What uh, Gandhi brought forward in the way of behavior in the face of insanity was uh, was just amazing. And uh, you know, they, we we live in a culture that teaches us that if there's somebody out there who's a bad guy, all you have to do is treat them badly, and things will get better. You know put them in the penal system, punish them. If somebody's an alcoholic or a drug addict, well, you just shun them and push them out of the culture and uh, make sure they're well punished and then they'll get better. And, uh, you know, the exact opposite is the truth. Uh, we, we live in a culture that just has got it so backward. And, you know, the truth is the people who are hurting the most are the people who hurt others the most. And, when you make war on people who are hurting people, you've got the exact opposite of the solution. Hurt people, hurt people. And so if we've got people out there that are doing things that are insane, we need to be restored to our human lives so that we can treat ourselves and others humanely. 
Michael. And it's the exact opposite of what the culture teaches. Jeannie, I heard your voice, but I didn't hear what you said. Yes. Um, two things. One, um, we have someone in the chat room that wanted to know about doing a worksheet on trusting others and trusting self. Um, and then also I got a text from Julie in Ashland, Oregon, and she said chuckle. So she laughed at your joke. Oh. <laughs> and then we do it have your two joke. hands you up You put it on well. there. <laughs> <laughs> and we have two hands up as well. So oh, you cool. want to address – I'm not sure the exact question. The person in the chat room, they just said, can we do a sheet on trusting others and trusting self? So, Absolutely. And so so the object of attention, you could do several different worksheets in that regard. One worksheet might be in number 1C, you put trust. And then number 1A, I, Michael, who am love, feel um, afraid. And what's the thought that, you know, things are going to fall apart because this person won't be good for their word? What's my goal for them? Just kind of jumping through quickly. What's my goal for them? Well, I want them to keep their word. Then the core of the forgiveness process looks like I cancel my need for them to keep their word. And as I cancel my need for that, what I do is I start to see a deeper level of the content in my file around trust and people keeping their word. And if I've got some fear, hostility, rage, grief, guilt, what have you, then I'm going to tend to draw out of people or draw people to me who don't keep their word. And so as I touch into that, drop into that deeper part of myself by canceling the goal for what I want, then I get to bring love present to that part of my mind and I begin to heal that. So another uh, way to approach it might be if it was a worksheet about trusting self, then uh, number one C would be your own name. So I'm Michael whom love feel scared uh, that, you know, I won't be able to follow through and keep my word that I've given on such and such a, a topic. And so it might be the same goal of I want to be able to trust that I'll keep my word and I might cancel my goal for that. And again, drop into the deeper part of my mind. You know, we've got it pretty well established in the uh, arena of psychology that for most people, at least 95% of their mental processes are unconscious. And so it, it seems that the mental, unconscious mental processes tend to run the game. What happens when you engage in this form of internal forgiveness in the actual process of removal of what doesn't belong that you have to drop into and get in touch with what it is you want to remove. And so that would be the way that you would do that one. And then you might put, if you've got a specific person that uh, that you're, you've got some trust issues with, then you might put their name in the slot, in number 1C. And the goal might look like, you know, somebody betrayed me. I want them to be true to me. So now if I cancel the goal for them to be true to me, then I get to drop into the file in my mind on people being true to me or me being true to myself. And that the whole idea, every time you want to engage in forgiveness, is by locating the specific goal you have in the circumstance and canceling that goal, you collapse the end result of all of the unconscious and conscious dynamics. You collapse that. And when it collapses in on itself, you get to drop into that deeper, hidden part of the mind. And as you drop into it and you make the unconscious conscious, 
in the presence of love, any energy that's there that doesn't belong simply begins to dissolve, and you get free of it. So that would be my uh, suggestion, unless you have anything more specific on how to do some worksheets around trust. And Jenny, you've got a hand up? We actually have two hands up, and the first one I think is Miss Julie here in Heartland, four one seven seven six six. You're on the air. Hey guys, how are you? I am awesome, blessed and highly favored. How about you? All right, I'm good too. Um, I had some feedback for Sunny since I've worked with a lot of children, and I'm not sure of her daughter's age, but I, I think she's a little bit older, so that she's mature enough to be able to read the children's commitments. You know, the one to herself and then the one to others. And then if I was Sunny, I probably, or, you know, in in the situation, you know, what Sunny is dealing with, could consider looking at word links and saying to her daughter what the, you know, the word, maybe sickness or the illness name, and then what is her daughter's first word about that. And that would maybe give... Sunny, some ideas about where to go with some worksheets for her that her daughter might not be mature enough to see. Um, but there's, um, I'm sensing that there's something about um, control here, and then there's something about you know, the association of um, you know the the disease or the disease, and um, what's really going on for the child that I don't think she's able to communicate. Good input. Good input. So, and then whatever, you know, if you just give your daughter a word, whatever it is, and and just ask her mind to feed back to the first thing that comes up, uh, you know, called word association. And let's say uh, disease might do well. Let's use an example. You know, Dan, uh, Julie, you've heard him use this example with his favorite. Uh, There was a woman that uh, he worked with that, ended up in jail uh, for writing bad checks. And when he did the word association with her, um, when he he would say bad checks, her first thought was money. Because she wrote bad checks and she didn't have money to spend. Where do I should have money to spend? And so the association in her mind was bad check equals money. So she would have, could not see beyond that and would write bad checks and end up in jail. And so then... What Dan did with her was say, now, how do you like being? He's visiting her in jail. She's been sentenced to laws of living. <laughs> and uh, he says, how do you like being in this jail cell? It's a little smelly. and you know, This is a bad place to be. So then he gave her a new word link. And the new word link was, bad check, jail. Once she'd written that enough, that was now she'd been in and out of jail several times for bad checks. That was the last time. Once she created a new word link. So when she'd think about writing a bad check, instead of thinking about having money to spend, she'd think about the smelly jail cell that she was stuck in, and that was the end of her days of writing bad checks. So as you talk about and just listen to her words, uh, that's a place where you can create some new word links about, uh, you know, uh, how she feels and thinks about her uh, disease process. Great catch, Julie. Great input. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You are very welcome. Any other thoughts in that regard? No, I was just tapping into, you know, that particular situation because, you know, I was working with someone and when I, 
the sickness word link, everything was positive on the other side. You know, sickness, mm-hmm. attention, sickness, extra love, sickness, um, you know, good food, you know, you know, there was always a specialness attached to sickness. And so, yep. you know, the child was not really motivated to do anything else but stay sick. Uh, yeah, a lot of, I can remember as a kid, you know, when I got sick, hey, you got to stay in mom and dad's bed, you got ginger ale, you got ice cream, you got treats. I mean, hey, this is pretty cool. And, uh, so it, it was one of the only times you got really treated as a human being, which is pretty bizarre. <laughs> and and so breaking those links, if they're there, certainly is a, a powerful thing to do. Right, and it just might give her an open um, to what's going on for the child because – you know, that's sensing that the child really understands it either, you know, and that just might open up some direction for the worksheet process. Awesome. Very cool. Well, All you right. are welcome. Well, any other thoughts, Julie? Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, you have a blessed rest of the day. Thank you, you too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Dustin's out there working on some of the projects you gave him to do, so he's rocking along. Thank you. I think your next caller might be Magda. It's also 417-255. You're on the air. Hi there, and it is Magda. <laughs> Hello. Hi there, young lady. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I think I'm calling to give a testimonial, um, and it's about... The power of doing the Aramaic forgiveness process in writing rather than attempting to do it in my mind, um, which I have had to do on certain occasions when I didn't have access to writing. Um, I had an experience this morning uh, where I was incredibly triggered. My, My rage was triggered big, big, big time rage with capital letters all the way through. And I very often put off doing the worksheet because, well, I want to finish a project first and then I'll go do it later. And I, my emotion was so intense, I sat down and did the worksheet right away. And um, what's interesting is it showed me again the power of love, the step in the worksheet that says, you know, I choose to reconnect with the love that I am. I'm not uh, paraphrasing it correctly. I'm paraphrasing. Anyway, I didn't want to do that. I got to that step, and I, I literally said in my mind, I don't want to feel love right now. I want to hold on to my anger forever. I was just so upset, right? And because it was the next step in the worksheet, I settled myself down and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to that space of love. And it took a little bit longer than it usually does. And it was miraculous as it is because I believe truly that love is what does the real healing and the real forgiveness. And once again, it happened this morning. So... I just wanted to let people know how powerful it is to do it in writing, to do it as soon as one can in connection with the actual experience when when the emotion is stirred and triggered. Um, 
and and also the power of love. Those are the three aspects that I wanted to offer. Cool. I appreciate the integrity of the work you do. Uh, me too. Thank you. I appreciate the tools that you've made available. Thank you very, very, very much. Cool. So and how's How's Tom doing? I didn't understand that. I say, how is Tom doing? Oh, uh, he just went home, and he seems to be doing much better. So he's on his truck. Is taking him home right now. So um, we'll see how it goes. Just hold him in, in a space of love. For sure. Well, I was going to invite you to give him a hug, but if he's gone, then that's probably not going to happen. But we'll send that hug etherically and uh, hold that he gets it and is doing better. And Wonderful. I certainly appreciate your, your, you and Chuck's generosity of uh, supporting him by having him there for a couple of days while he's getting over some medical issues. And that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah, that's my sweetheart. He just came up with that right off the top of his head. He's very yeah. generous and loving. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. Well, um, so we may see you later on today. All right. Love and blessings. Take care. Okay. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I'm not sure where Michael just dropped off, but that's okay. We um, are down to less than a minute. So I will just say come back tomorrow, which is um, Friday. I'm not sure that we got through uh, what today was at the beginning of the show, but come back and be with us tomorrow, which is Friday. And um, in the meantime, have the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com.